Cruise FM presents The Locker Room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James P. White. For Arden Roof Systems, there's more to your roof than just shingles. You gotta come on. Hello! Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Here we go. So we got the Rad Torque Rocky Mountain National Pass. It's a giveaway at the end of the show. That'll be a party gift. So hang on for that. That's a great event. If you can go to that, uh, it's a good check ticket. it out. It's, it's a great ticket giveaway. Oh, yeah. I think Pam's. Pam! Pam! She's giving them away as well, too, isn't she? I think so. I think so. Yes. Um, we're grantless. He's on a bit of a uh, break. Before, I, think it's one, um, I think it's one last holiday that he can go on before the kid comes. Before they spit the kid out. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, um, the wife is um, quick to delivery. Yeah. So, like, they've literally... They lit like she's always early and it's fast. So they and literally she's have doing a shoot August, set up. So, so they, uh, yeah, they got they got a whole home birth thing. I don't know if he wants us talking about this, but too bad he's not here. <laughs> he's so, not here to send. So I think you're right. I think they're trying to get one last sort of vacation in before she can't leave the house, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it is so weird. His change. It's just bizarre. It's so hard to wrap my head around because I, he's still that guy that lives with his, his, you know, in in the, in the house with all the radio people. To me, yeah, like it's you see him with the kids. It's like, it's crazy. Cruise news. The NDP announces a shadow. Their shadow cabinet is for the largest official opposition in Alberta history. It's actually going to be is- the largest. Uh, opposition caucus in the history of the Alberta legislature. What is the shadow cabinet? So the shadow cabinet is, so for every minister in the UCP, so they have a health minister, so the shadow cabinet is the opposite of the the, the oh. health minister. So they have someone that's educated oh. in that, that can, you know... So it's the opposition's... So if they have an economics minister, the NDP, NDP will have, have the UCP has their guy. They, they, they had everything. And then the opposition puts somebody in place as sort of a watchdog to uh, watch, uh, on that. you know, that's educated in it or uh, whatever. You know what? I don't know why I never known that. See, there you go. That's, I learned that's what happens when you go to university <laughs> for one year. You didn't take political science did you i did that's uh it was uh yeah that was really do all governments science. have shadow cabinets uh or they, is it just because this is one of the no, largest no, official it's opposition much, it's pretty much the same because because like even in the federal government they have i think it's called something different in the federal government but they have like a, a counter minister to uh, Whatever All right. they have. Good work, Jimmy. I learned something today from you. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 95.7 Cruise FM. Okay, we're calling Dean Blundell. I do a podcast with him in the afternoons from Cryer Media. Good morning. You have a new liberal leadership in Toronto. The, the mayor race was won by, what's her name? <laughs> She's not a liberal, dude. Total. NDP, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, NDP, whatever. Liberal NDP, whatever. Uh, it's the same boat. <laughs> I'm, I'm with okay. Locke on that one. 
Are you okay? This, of course you are. Are you okay this morning? Is, is everything okay out there? You're all right. I'm liberal NDP. I'm fine. Uh, we're right. phoning you to warn you about, about things to uh, come. The pitfalls of a liberal leadership, which we have, oh. which we have in Edmonton. <laughs> so we we have like we have a benchmark that yeah. we can tell you what's going to happen. Mm. What's going to happen? Actually, that's I, I'm, I appreciate you calling because I was just thinking, boy, I should call Lachlan and, and find out and, what and Jimmy, yeah, <laughs> just to see what's going to happen in Toronto with this new quote liberal slash NDP leadership. So continue. I'm I'm intrigued. The coalition. So, <laughs> um, her name's Elizabeth Chow. Yeah, close, buddy. Yeah, Olivia. Olivia Chow. Okay, so. Yeah. Um, Again, we've had a liberal leadership. They're very liberal here. And yes. there's a couple of things that you should probably be aware of as a citizen of the fine city of Toronto. Because they're there for you and the beautiful people of Toronto. And they're going to spend a lot of time looking like they're doing things to fix the problem. So get ready for the task force and the consultant era. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, go ahead, sir. If it isn't already screwed up, they will completely destroy your transit system. I don't know what it is about a liberal government, but they can't get transit to work properly. And then third, get yeah. ready for the bike lanes. Yeah. They're going to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, dude? It's it's funny that you say that about bike lanes because you and I have had about 40 conversations in the past three months about how you've turned into Scooter boy, and that's all you use your bike lane. So the a the liberal coalition in Edmonton is good for Lachlan and his beautiful wife. But that I know. Not as much right? for the downtown area. It's horrible downtown. Oh, it's it is a complete mess. They have destroyed okay. downtown. So just get ready for it. I I, I yeah. would be willing to predict that before the end of the year, Elizabeth yeah. or Olivia is going to announce. Like billions of dollars going towards bike lanes. Mark it down. I'm telling you right now. Mark, mark it down. You know what? I've been waiting for this phone call. I've been wondering what's going to happen with the city, it, it, dude. You know what? I'm I'm just happy. I, I'm just happy that uh, that that it's a, a female. I'm just happy that it's 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 not someone who is connected to the mob. I'm just happy it's someone who doesn't hold a billion, uh, you know, in construction loans. I'm just happy that this is a human being that became the next mayor of the city of Toronto. Oh, and she's you know, going to take care of you. She's going to yeah, you and, and yeah. <laughs> I don't even be... live in that city, dude. You know I don't live in Toronto, right? Like, I, know. I live in you're, the greater Toronto area. You're close but, You're close enough. Yeah, I'm close enough to get the liberal stink. Is that what you're saying? Is that, is that, oh, yeah. You're close enough <laughs> yeah. to have the impact of it. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think it, I think we're going to make it. Um, I, I don't I don't know what your mayor is all about because I don't study municipal politics across Canada. Um, you should, but it almost doesn't matter who the mayor is. No, like it's almost you well, know what I mean. Like, well, nah, uh, it doesn't. Like, how many, d dude? How many mayors have you gone? Like the city of Edmonton, like in the last twenty years, have you gone? You know, that's my favorite mayor. Anyone? No, no, no. Exactly. Listen, it's not about it's about their lack of pro productivity. I think 
Yeah, I think I think that's what I'm concerned about. We seem to be in an era of politics where they really, really want to put this 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 air of we're going to help you and we're going to save everybody. But then the lawns don't get mowed. Right. Like it. it's just it's this bizarre thing where they want to justify their positions mm-hmm. and what and the roles that they have this idea of the role that they play for mankind, but then just the basic day-to-day stuff isn't taken care of. So there's all these unintended consequences that don't get looked at, right? Or they have a thousand construction projects on the go and nothing gets done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, that, that's that's the beauty of politics. Every person that gets into politics gets into politics for one of two reasons: a) they can't keep a job in the real world, or b) they're a failed lawyer. <laughs> so, like, you know, you don't expect them to walk into a political position and go, "I'm going to be really good at this," when they can't cut it in the easiest gig in the world. Like, it's all former broadcasters, former lawyers, yeah. and guys who used to uh, who, who ran a, a car, you know a sales or car department at some auto mall somewhere. Like, it, it's it's Literally, we at, we are at the dregs. I was talking about it with Adler on the podcast. He locked them stiffed me yesterday. He'll be <laughs> back today, though. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about uh, that very thing: is the quality of people that run for politics. And I think the lower you get in politics, meaning federal, provincial, down to municipal, the dumber you get generally. So it really kind of doesn't sad. matter who we have in there. Yeah, it is a little bit sad. And uh, then there's geniuses like us that just sit and make fun of it and decide to do nothing to help. That's the best part. We're I'm helping at this point. Take yeah, that okay. back. This was a call for help to help you <laughs> to prepare you for what's to come. All right. All right. Sure. By the way, um, we have a secret uh, guest on the podcast today. I'm glad you brought it up. So we're on yeah. at two, two o'clock mountain standard time today. Yeah, you can tell I trust you because I wouldn't do that with anybody. I know. um, I'm also going to fix you on the podcast today. Oh, I need fixing, do I? Well, you're the one that opened the door on that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Remember you told me what kind of, you told me that you were a type of person, and I said, I'm going to fix, I'm going to beat that out of you. So I'm going to attempt to try to fix you on the (laughs) podcast today as well. Listen, thank you for your time this morning, brother. All right, guys. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Dean Blundell, Cryer Media, Cryer.co, if you want to check out the webpage. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. I think we could turn this conversation into a topic, actually. So if you want to weigh in, 780-989-0957, good, bad movies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I have one, and, and I think this might be one of the better ones ever released. Because I think the attempt from the get-go was to create a bad movie that people would enjoy. Okay. Yeah, I can like, see I think you... that sometime is the, sometimes is the strategy. I think some people put together a movie, and, and the number one goal is, okay, this isn't going to be good, but we're going to make it entertaining. We're going to make it as entertaining as possible. So, And I think that was what the strategy was with this. I went to the theaters to see it. I don't know why. I was wildly intrigued by the trailer. We talked about it for months. And literally a bunch of us piled into the landmark downtown and watched this the week that it came out. Cocaine Bear. And it's out on... What the hell was it on now? I think it's on Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Doesn't matter. You'll find it. But it it was free on one of the streaming services. And I saw it. And I watched it on the weekend. 
I didn't go to that movie with you, and I, you were asking me why I didn't go. I had a wrestling show that night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, I enjoyed it in the theaters, and then I watched it again. I just sort of had it on when I was working around the house, kind of a, a deal. Like, in the kitchen, I put it on, and I... So I wasn't sitting down and, and actively watching the movie, but it's very entertaining. And it's... The thing for me is... Like, I don't watch movies like this. This isn't something that I would generally enjoy. Like, would you call this, like, a, would you call it a horror movie? Um. So I haven't seen it, but. It's not. It's hard to explain. There's, there's some moments where they're attempting to try to clearly, by the setup of the scene, they're trying to scare you. Right, yeah. so there, there's some sort of horror movie tropes. So it's more like a thriller than really. It's a comedy. Horror. It's a comedy. So and it's based loosely on a real story. You know the story, right? Back in the eighties, yeah. I remember this. I remember they have footage of the news coverage. If you watch the movie, you might get. Tr- I was triggered by the. I didn't know that I knew that I knew that, that I remembered yeah. this, but as soon as I saw the movie, I was like, oh, I remembered this story. So they were, the cartel was flying over a certain part of the states, the southern U.S., and a bunch of uh, cocaine got thrown out, and a bear ingested a bunch of it and died. So the, the actual story is it didn't go crazy and kill a bunch of people, like in the movie, um, so they took some liberties, but it actually happened where some cartel cocaine fell into the woods and a bear got a hold of it. And, and, and anyway, the movie... So here's, here's the conversation and the goal. Is there a better good, bad movie? Is that how... Yes. Movie that's good, but... You had one. Yeah, Airplane. See, that's a perfect example. Airplane is a good, bad movie, and I don't think there was ever any attempt to make a good movie. It was made to be entertaining. It wasn't like it. Airplane's no one, a good benchmark. No one, won, no one won any awards no. in acting or anything for this movie, but it was an entertaining How movie. How many of those did they do? They did two, and one had uh, the shot where they were in that was space. The sec- that was the yeah, second the one. Second one. Okay. But the the first one took it like that that scene where that girl. The first did, one was good actually, where, where the lady was freaking out on the plane and yeah. and everybody was lining up to uh, calm, her, calm down. her down. Good bad movies. The locker room topic of the day. Good bad movies. Seven eight zero nine eight nine zero nine five seven. Ryan McQueen. He watched all the Sharknado movies. How many of those are there? I don't. I haven't seen one of them. There's like f- I've seen one. I saw the first one. They've kind of jumped the shark. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, There's one, two, three, seven. There's seven of them? No, uh, sorry, six. There's six. I don't know. I think the first one, because there's too many of those, right? Like, I don't know if that's... I'll give them the, the first one is close. Right? The locker room topic of the day. Good, bad movies. 780-989-0957 if you're ever trying to reach the show. By the way, that's not just our text line. It's our phone number, so you can always call us as well. Mel Brooks came in from uh, Gordy. 
Blazing Saddles? Oh, sorry, Blazing Saddles. But anything Mel Brooks is a good bad movie. How about some more bees, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. I think that qualifies. I haven't seen that in a hundred years. But Mel Brooks, I've, he had that. Like, that's what he did for movies. Like, he did um, Spaceballs. That, was that a Mel Brooks movie? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. And that's kind of the same thing. The parody. Yeah. The Star Wars parody. Like, Jabba the uh, Pizza the Hut. You know, <laughs> may the Schwartz be with you. Good the day. Good, bad movies. What's yours? Well, I got two good ones for you, but they're both horror movies. Uh, one is The Autopsy of Jane Doe, and the second one is actually Oculus. Was there an attempt to make a bad movie good? Well, on uh, Oculus, the original one, the very original Oculus was not the best, but the remake one was pretty good. What's your name? Jason. I have to take his word for it. I haven't seen those. The Scream movies keep coming in on text. 780-989-0957. Yeah, there's like those, six of them. There was an attempt to try to make a good, bad movie there, I think. Right? Yeah, because there's one that just came out this year. Did another one come out? Yeah, the sixth one came out this year. All right. Yeah, I never, I never bit on those. No, I watched the first one. And I really wasn't into it. I get the humor of it. Like, I understand where they're coming from. Like, obviously, it's a parody of horror movies, but, but I just No, never... but that one, I think you're, you're thinking of a different one, because there's a scary movie that kind of made fun of Scream. Am I wrong? I you're, thought I, Scream was no, a parody it, of horror movies. No, it, the Isn't scary it? movie was, because it made fun of Are Scream. Scream movies actually horror movies? They say horror slasher films. Uh, it's the one with the stretched mask, yeah. the rubber mask. No, it was... They're not parodies? They're, no, you're thinking okay. a scary movie. Because uh, these, ones, these ones had, uh, you know, Courtney Cox. Yeah. And... Isn't uh, it this... Okay. I, um, maybe I'm wrong. No, it's it's a r- actual horror movie. You're thinking of scary movies. I've never watched them. I just... That was what my assumption was, that they were a parody. They were making fun... Of horror movies. No, not this one. Not Scream? No. You're sure? 100%. It says survivors of a ghost-faced murders are doing the stretch, uh, okay. fresh start, right. and a bunch of them are dying. Okay. All right. Good the day. Good, bad movies. What's yours? Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Amazing movie. That's uh, one of my favorites. Nailed it. Who's this? It's dead. Hi, Mo. Excuse me, bad guys. I am running out of air. Gotta get pumped. <laughs> okay, honkies. Time in. That's another Mel Brooks, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think Mel Brooks, like, brilliant movies. Yes. The locker room topic of the day. Good, bad movies. 780-989-0957. By the way, we got a text from Mark who totally agrees with me. I've never seen any of the screen movies, but it was always my thought that it was a parody of horror movies, and he's saying they're parodies of horror movies. They're trying to make fun of it. Are they scary? Yes. But they... Take the tropes of horror movies and exaggerate it to make a point about how ridiculous they are. Yeah, I, I guess you're right there. But there was also, but then, yeah, but then, <laughs> but then there was the other movies that were making fun of that movie. 
is where I said this scary movie. Uh, so I get, I get it. Yeah, you're right, right. But I, you know what? We can end the conversation with this. Honestly, Newfie Chris, I can't believe this didn't come in earlier. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Do we put that one at the top of the pile of good bad movies? I would. Yeah, it's it's up there. If you're putting together a list of the top five good bad movies, Tropic Thunder is going to be in a lot of top five lists. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of more on my own after I watched Cocaine Bear. But Cocaine what about- Bear is up there. Tropic Thunder is up there. But this one came in a couple Slap of times. Shot. No, Monty Python movies. Like Monty yeah. Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2, I think, is a better example. Thank you, Sheen. Is Slapshot on that list? I, it's a good movie, but I don't think it's a good bad movie. I think it's just a good movie. That one's a tough one. That, I'm on the fence on that one because I don't know if there was an attempt to make... If they were trying to... I, uh, I think... I think... Blazing Saddles came in already, Jim. Yeah. Thank you for that one. I think I think Slapshot's on this list. I think you got to put Slapshot on the list. Of the day. You know what came in for good, bad movies, and I have to mention it before we get into the news here. We don't have a name on the text, but definitely would be in a list. Maybe not top five, but top ten for sure, especially if you're Canadian. Strange Brew. Oh, 100% that's, that's on the list. Hey God, do it, do it. Oh, good day. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, Nate? We're those guys who talk over songs and rap. Remember? Yeah, here's another one. <laughs> there we go. I had to mention that. Cruise News. Okay, so new audio emerges with details of Trump's 2021 conversation about the classified documents. He said he wanted to attack Iran and what. So have you heard the tape? I've heard the tape. Yeah. They're playing it like crazy um, on the news. So the the thing is, is and he's denying that the documents were there. He's like, oh, yeah, I was talking about it, but I didn't show anybody these classified documents. But if he's telling them what's in the classified document, that's the same thing. You know what I think he was doing? <laughs> I think he was showing off for the... Yeah, for it, was, it was a look. See, they even trust me with this stuff. <laughs> Have you seen my big button yet? You know what? The thing about Trump is, and, and I don't know how he does it, and they're going to they're gonna study this until the end of time. The guy is... He's Teflon. It's unbelievable. It doesn't... We have audio of him bragging about documents he's not supposed to have and this will somehow get thrown out of court or I, I, I just I don't know how he does it it's it's insane it really is I still I'm and I've stuck to my guns on this I don't think he'll ever spend a day in jail the thing the thing is is the guy you know he's a bit weird but the thing is is he's very smart when it comes to business. Like, he's very, very shifty. I very. I don't know. Uh, he's going to talk. He talks himself out of things. He talks you know his way into things. It's not so much. I don't think he's smart about business. I think he is unpredictable. And when you're unpredictable, when you do things that. 
people don't expect, it throws them off and they don't know how to react. There's a certain there's a certain protocol in how you're supposed to conduct yourself in an, in a business, right? And if you're constantly kept off guard, if you're being knocked off guard and you're constantly reacting to this the the insanity of somebody else, you're not you're not doing the things you need to do to protect yourself. And I think that's what he's done, and that's why I think he's been successful. But he's Because he's so really unpredictable, and he's such a narcissist that anybody that does business with him doesn't know how to... He's always got the advantage because people are going, what ha- what's going on now? Like, what, what did he do? Like, that's what I think is is his brilliance but, on you know, the business side of things. It doesn't make talked, smart. We've talked about this, about salespeople uh, that work in our business, that talk people into submission. I think that's him. He will keep talking. You Okay, okay, you're right. Okay, I'm done. You're good. All right, I'll just right? sign. Okay, how much do you want? Yeah, there, that's nah, him. Maybe, maybe. You're in the locker room with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and James White. 95.7 Cruise FM. Ryan Reynolds missed out on his chance at the Ottawa Senators. So he threw his hat into the ring for an Alpine Formula One race team. And so him and his partner is now on a quarter of that race team. That just came down. So he is aggressive. Yeah, on the on the building his empire thing right now, eh? Yeah, he's he's doing everything. Like he's got his hands in almost everything. Yeah, like it's it's like monthly. Sold this, bought that. It's crazy. So I was looking, and I think this that link I sent you. I think that's a fairly updated list, right? Uh. It looks pretty update, but he's not quite on the list yet. So I'm just looking. Number one, it's it's the list of the 50 richest celebrities. Number one is George Lucas, which makes sense. So he would have made all that money from selling Lucasfilm and Star Wars and yeah to Disney. So he's 10 billion. Spielberg again, that makes sense. 8 billion. Oprah's 3.5 billion at three. I don't know who that is. Who's Jamie Gertz? Gertz. Uh, Gertz. She she's an actress, and she's done a bunch of things. Why is she so rich? Uh, she's also married to uh, Tony Wrestler, who's a billionaire. Okay. Jay Z's at two bill. Rihanna's at one point seven billion. Rihanna is um, typical of the of the uh, of the musician that stepped out into the business world too yeah because right? she's gone into fashion she's gone into makeup. makeup she's gone into i thought the kardashians would be higher kim is at 1.4 billion number seven paul mccartney's in there obviously um at eight with 1.2 i don't know who that is david copperfield makes the top 10 that that surprises me He's. I wonder what he's into. He because it's not just his magic. No, he he must be into other stuff too. So he's number ten. Buffett's in there. Rawlings is in there. The uh, creator of um, the guy with the hat, the hat, the hats, the magic. Uh, Harry it? Potter. Harry Potter. Okay. J.K. Uh, Rowling. Peter Jackson. So he's obviously the the guy behind Lord of the Rings. Seinfeld is close to a billion dollars. P. Diddy makes the list. I'm just going through Madonna, Cylon Dylon, um, James Cameron, $800 million. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised in the next six months to a year 
Kylie Jenner's in there. Bono's in there. Yoko Yoko Ono, wow. Dolly Parton, 650. She's at 29. Howard Stern's on the list. That's kind of cool. So the bottom of that list, so number 47 is Stephen King, net worth of $500 million. And Ryan Reynolds is at $350 million. You just heard that online? I just looked up his net worth. So I so he's he'll not make, on the list yet. I bet you in the next couple of years he'll crack the top the top fifty at least. Kind of cool. Yeah. Couple of Canadians in the top fifty. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. This fight is gonna happen. Zuckerberg Musk. I think it's going to be a while, though. I, I don't think this yeah. is going to happen. Like I think this there's going to be like a huge buildup. They're gonna they're gonna do where they're gonna train and they're gonna be you know beacon each other. I think they um, they want to do it with UFC 300, and I don't know where that falls. People that follow um, UFC closer than than I do might have a rougher idea of where that's going to happen. But I think they're probably going to spend the next year training. So. My guess is, if it does happen, that do you think it'll happen? I think it's going to happen. I think it will because there's too much. Uh, I just looked it up. The UFC 300, uh, April of next year. So yeah, so a year Which, from now to get ready for it, and and it's more so about Elon because I don't think he. Like he's a little puffy right now. Zuckerberg trains on a regular basis, and he's actually fighting in competitions. So the tail of the tape, I saw this on um, on a web page that was breaking it down. So Zuckerberg is thirty nine, Musk is fifty one, um, Zuckerberg's five foot seven, Elon is six foot one. They don't have their weights in there. Just oh, hold on. The age, if you if you really think about it, the they age, don't have their weights. The age would be like you fighting Grant. Yeah, yeah, I would never do that. Grant would kill me. I teach you how to fight. I like, would like, not, I teach you how to. There's beat him. no way I'd step in a ring with Grant. Oh, I would um, not in a million years. Anyway, GSP has um, gone on record, and this came out yesterday. He's willing to train Elon Musk. So there's a conversation about training now, which to me, if they're already on board, right? Okay, so the guy from Facebook and the guy from Twitter are going to fight. Dana White's on board, okay? Uh, I don't know who Zuckerberg's training with, but he's John Jones or something like that. I think he's got a trainer. So you've got trainers, you've got a, a a date set. Here's my question. Do people actually pay for this? Because I would. So I'm oddly obsessed with this, so I don't know if I count. If it's 100 bucks, I'm going to get the pay-per-view. The, the thing is, is people do pay. People do pay and watch even those... Uh, those they're YouTube, saying it could make those those YouTube over idiots, hundred billion those, dollars. Uh, what are the you know which ones I'm talking about? Oh yeah, the two brothers. People pay to watch those. Yeah, this is different though. No, this but is... it's just I think people would a hundred percent pay for this. Hundred percent. Here's the other question: If you're a bar, do you do a oh a showing of this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Why am I? Why am I so excited about this? There's something like, wrong with me. There's I something wrong with me. I don't do pay per views. 
You I would-, would do this. All right, we'll come to the Dennis Sadness. We'll do an event, a locker room event at the Dennis Sadness. You're in the locker room on 95.7 Cruise FM. We're doing a thing with Goose Hummock Golf Resort called the Lost Balls promo. So if you find some balls with a cruise logo, locker room logo on them up at Goose Hummock, most of them are on the front nine because we lost all 12 balls. Yeah. Like 90% of them on the front nine when we went up a couple of weekends ago. Now, um, take the ball. If you find it, take it to the clubhouse. You'll walk away with a free round of golf. Okay, they'll hook you up. If you're a member up at the Goose, take it in. They'll give you a free round for a friend. All right, we're doing this all summer. We have another round planned for Saturday, July 8th. So there's going to be four of us that go out and just play. And it doesn't take much for the four golfers that I'll... That I bring along to lose four the of balls. us to lose. Like, uh, we're going like, to start on the back like, nine this time. Like, to be honest, we lost the majority of the balls by hole five. We were losing a ball a hole right up until um, the seventh hole, I think. And then we hung on to a couple. And we lost the final ball. We lost. Anthony had one left. And he hung on to it until 17 and then plunked yeah. it into the water on the island green. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, if you are golfing the goose at any point, just keep your eyes open. This is a summer thing. We're doing this all summer long. And it's a, lot a of fun. great course. Yeah. There are a lot of fun up there. And- yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what? I hadn't played it for years, and I, I had this idea of what the course was. It's not easy, but I remember thinking that there was a lot of water. And there is, but it's not it doesn't ruin the day. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's water, but it's well positioned. It's a great course. And, it's a and, tough course. And you know the thing is, is to you know, with, the, with some golf courses, you know, when uh, when we've gone out, and I'm the drinker, you don't see the beer cart girl as often, but we no. saw her. We saw her a fair bit. Yeah, we did. See, yeah, she was paying attention to us. Though. Yes. <laughs> Cruise news. The Edmonton Downtown Farmers Market searches for a new home amid rising uh, operation costs. So the one, what, what's the address of that? Okay, so it's where, where it's at right now, it's on uh, 97th Street and 103 Avenue. 103, okay. So it's the Army-Navy building. I haven't been to this one. It is cool. Like, I've been down there a couple of times, and, you know, they have, you know, Coolmans. You have all the vegetables. You have other people that have, like, canned goods. Like, you can buy homemade pickles or canned whatever. And then they also Dude, have... it's a farmer's market. Yeah. They're all but, the same. No, but, it, but it's just also they have... A wide variety of booze down there too, like craft yeah, yeah, stuff. So yeah, they have, yeah. like uh, the meat. The one at Strathcona is the one that we go to. Um, this one just off White. Grant Ave. goes to all of them. Like he's a millennial hippie, so him and the wife, like they'll go to the different one every weekend, right? And he is saying the one on the west end is uh, on the south side. It, it's a bigger one. He's saying that's his favorite, and. Um, my wife and daughters would go to them on a fairly regular basis, and they like the same one. I can't remember the the name of the location, the one that that's just off of Mill. It's it's in Millwoods. It's on okay. the south side. That's the one. It's a huge building. That's the one that Grant really likes. Yeah, I really like this one too. Like, the, not only do you have all that, but they have a little eating area upstairs where they have like a food court kind of area where you have people that are. When making, are they shutting it down? 
because uh, they can't make it. This is going to be a common thing theme because they have destroyed this. This city has destroyed this downtown yeah, because because yeah, with the you can't park. It's the the construction every year. Like it's I I talked to a business owner that has a business in uh, downtown and he's like it was the worst decision ever to to go down there. They they've taxed the daylights out of the out of the business owners down there. Yeah. Um. It, it, this is going to be a quite a common theme. theme. April uh, they're done at this location. So they're next April. For, yeah, April twenty twenty four. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, maybe I'll try to make it out of this one and yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's quite cool. I I like it. I think it needs to be said out loud that that's that they're destroying that's downtown, which is sad. It, like the downtown of Edmonton could be something amazing, and it's just it's they're destroying it. They're killing it. You're in the locker room on ninety five seven Cruise FM. Good morning, Cruise. I just jammed a bagel in my mouth, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Hey, you just made a comment about destroying the downtown. Yeah. I could not believe in the last two weeks I've been driving down to the Royal Alley. I, I don't know how to say this right. I have never, ever seen so many people on the street yeah. and the tent cities. Yeah. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Well, that's... I don't know why anyone would go downtown. That's not... That's not a unique situation to Edmonton, though. That's no, no, I know, but a, I've I've never seen it to yeah. the level that it's at now. I remember that was a bad that was bad in Winnipeg, but it's even worse. Toronto's dealing with it, Vancouver's. So all your major markets are dealing with with that. That I don't know what that is. I don't know what the fix is there. I know what that is, but I don't know what the fix is. So I yeah. sort of sympathize. Yeah with anybody in charge of trying to handle that situation. Although it's easy for them to make it more appealing for business owners to set up shop in the downtown core. And that is not happening. So that no, is, that's, not. that's on, that's on the municipality is in my opinion and government, right? So yeah. they're yep. doing something wrong. They're scaring businesses away. It, it's Absolutely. it's ridiculous. They're not making it friendly for business. You have to businesses have to want to open up in the downtown core, right? Yeah, like, and I wouldn't. It, exactly. There's what, no way. Yeah, there's what, no way I'd be down there. What's your name? My name's Heath. Heath, I appreciate the call, man. Take care. Yeah, have a great day. Thanks, man. You're in the locker room. Ninety-five-seven Cruise FM. Good morning, Cruise. Morning. Hope you're all having a good day. You too. Thanks for commenting on the downtown being ruined. Uh, I couldn't agree more, and I agree it's parking and traffic. But every election cycle, they come back in and say we're going to revitalize downtown, spend the whole whole load of money, and get nowhere. On, they don't yeah, on consultants it. and task for- forces, and then they actually don't accomplish anything. Yeah, and they don't fix the two things that you mentioned: parking and traffic. Yeah, well, and they create more problems by increasing the number of bike. Lane. And the thing is, everyone thinks I'm anti bike lane. I'm not anti bike lane. I th- I agree we should have bike lanes where bike lanes work, but trying to jam them into an infrastructure where it's just creating more problems for traffic flow is working against revitalizing the downtown because no one's going to go down there. Not everybody 100%. can bike downtown, right? So you're, and I think and they're it, actually, it, here's the other thing. I think in an attempt, because they always say, we're trying to make the roads safer for for cyclists and people who want to use them in that regard. And I understand that, but I think what you've done 
the unintended consequence of it is I think you've actually created more chaos, which actually makes it more unsafe. We've actually had cyclists call up people that use the bike lanes and say they're scared to be downtown because no one knows what to do. There's so many signs and traffic lights that they actually feel more unsafe and because people are being gridlocked, they're taking more chances and they're being more reckless. It's just they're adding to the problem and they want to increase I don't know what it is. It's a crazy amount of money and a crazy amount of kilometers that they want to increase the bike lanes into the downtown core. So it's it's not going to get any better until we actually flip this entire government municipal government on its head and and put all new people in there that that think differently. Yeah. What's your name? And Pat, adding on to what you said there, it would help if they actually planned the bike lanes instead of just oh hey let's just do it right now. What's your name? My name's Bill. Thanks for the call, Bill. Have a good one. Bye bye. day of the week we get to chat with bag milk every wednesday even on off seasons because there's always something to talk about let's start with the connor mcdavid um engagement with his uh longtime girlfriend lauren kyle our boy really cheaped out on the ring didn't he (laughs) (laughs) see that rock that thing is outrageous i don't know if i'd be able to walk around with that thing I was saying that too. I was saying that at the office lock. It was just as soon as I saw it, I go, "Whoa! No wonder Lauren's been hitting the gym so much. Got to lift that thing around. I'd just be stressed out wearing it. I just like I'm such a slob. I would imagine just banging it on on the car or on the yeah. counter or just day to day life. And I just, yeah, that good for you, Connor. But wow, what an investment. You know what I started to think about was the impact of that decision because it's a big life decision when when you when you make it when you make that decision you decide you're going to settle down and then kids potentially on the way and and i mean obviously he lives a different life than than everybody else because he's you know one of the best hockey players he's the best hockey player in the world has the money and all that but it still can have an impact on how you progress with your career. I remember when I got married and I settled down, it had an impact on what I was doing for a living. And it, it shapes how you think about what you're doing for a living. Sure. McDavid's a bit of a unicorn and he's hard to sort of predict, but does this, and he's not a guy that needs to be, to settle down, but does this have, a positive impact on 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 his on his play i think that well first of all you're 100% right like who you're with ends up affecting your work like crazy like i was in a long relationship where it just it kind of splintered and fractured because of my job yeah it's just long hours you know i'm traveling all over the place it takes a you know the right kind of fit so when it comes to connor mcdavid the thing i like about this is that lauren's been around for a minute now yeah they were together for eight years before they got engaged so she put in the work so i think that for connor she's probably and i've obviously i'm guessing i don't know either of these two people but like i'm I'm guessing for connor there's like a familiarity there she supports him she knows what his job is she's been there from start to finish mm-hmm. so far 
I, I think that he's probably got a rock there in her on his side, and she's got the rock now on her hand. So I think that for Connor, it's, it makes sense. Uh, it seems like they're a couple that's going to be Edmonton's new royalty, and I'm all for it. So there's a picture that um, that came out after the awards, the NHL awards ceremony in Vegas, and it's McDavid, Skinner, Nurse, and their um, their love interests. Yeah, and and I I saw the picture, and the first thing I thought was they look like a group of locker room listeners, <laughs> 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 kind of a ragtag. I mean, listen, they were dressed up. And I'm not suggesting they looked rough, but it. did you see the picture? Do you know the one I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen it. I'm actually, as you're talking, I'm trying to find it in the back. Okay, it, Skinner's in the middle, and he's got that big, like, shit-eating grin on his face, and he's got the, the duster, right? And McDavid always kind of looks a little disheveled. And then it just they look like a ragtag group. It's, they're an interesting friends group. Oh, I see it. I found the picture here. Yeah, so to me, I uh, <laughs> this looks like, this photo to me looks like Connor is there because he knows he has to be. Yeah. <laughs> he always looks <laughs> like that. He's like, I'm, yeah, I'm winning four awards tonight. Yeah. Missing this event was not in the cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they look great. I like the bow tie on Skinner. I think yeah. Danelle looks great. Yeah, yeah I like. they just there's just the there's a, a disheveled kind of look to that to them, you know. I, I think anyway, I can move on. I, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I do want to touch on Carlson. There's a lot of sure. conversation about where he's going to fall, and one of the things that he said out loud is he wants to he wants to go where there's there's a chance of winning, and that would automatically put the Edmonton Oilers on the list of potential teams and hearing Holland speak in that press conference the other day it sounds like he's willing to 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 make some hard decisions to make this team better is he part of the 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 Edmonton rumor mill yeah, I think that Ken Holland is going to be working the phones. I think he's going to be trying really hard. Obviously, this here's the interesting thing about it. Ken Holland has been the GM of the Edmonton Oilers for four years now, and the salary cap has only risen by $2 million in that time. So the fact that he's been able to kind of put the team together as it is currently constructed and keep the band together is actually pretty amazing to me. But when it comes to Eric Carlson, I'm looking at a guy whose contract is $11.5 million, and yeah. he's got four more years left on it. So even if San Jose retained half... And it comes at, you know, just under six. The Oilers would have to find a way to clear $6 million in cap space to make it work, plus the assets going out the door to try and make it happen. I just, with Matias Ekholm here, yeah, I, I just can't see it happening because they kind of made their big trade for a defenseman. I'm not saying that they're not going to trade for defense. I could absolutely see them trying to upgrade on the right side specifically, but I just don't know that it's going to be Eric Carlson. And I honestly, I, I don't know where he's going to end up. That contract is just so massive. And while he just won the, the Norris Trophy a couple of days ago, uh, had a hell of a season with over 100 points in San Jose, they were terrible. I just, his options are going to be really limited. I think the teams that are really big contenders and have a legitimate shot for the Stanley Cup, they, they, they would have to work extremely hard to clear the cap space required to fit this kind of deal in. And I just don't know who's going to do it. Yeah, that's kind of why I think Edmonton, even though the math isn't there yet, is 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 part of the conversation 
because of how thin the list is going to be. We do I'd love them to be. We have to we have to give Skinner a raise, I think, right? And then the Yamamoto and Costin conversation. I, I don't think they're going to be with the team when when they start putting on skates in the summer here at the end of summer, but. Yeah, so Stuart Skinner did get he signed his extension a while back, so he jumps up to two point six million bucks. So he got his raise, but uh, yeah, you're right. Yamamoto that eats any cap increase, right? So we're sort of flat. No, it's so there's no room. The Oilers have currently the Oilers have like five million dollars in cap space, and they got to sign a a Bouchard to an extension. They got to sign Ryan McLeod. Matthias Yanmark is reportedly interested in coming back. Yesterday, uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic released his kind of pre-draft sit down with Ken Holland. It seems like Clean Costin is going to be going back to Russia. At least reading between the lines, that's what I get from it. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Oilers do here. How can they clear space? Yamo seems like the most likely guy, but is it going to be a trade? Is it going to be a buyout? Mm-hmm. We're going to find out the answers in the next couple of days. Um, one of the things that uh, that hit the news this week is that Taylor Hall has to pack up and move again. This is like, that guy has this been... his sixth team. It's his sixth? Chicago? Yeah, he's, he's Chicago will be his sixth team. He's had the, I was talking about this at the, I think even just on Oilers Nation Radio, my podcast the other day, just he's had the weirdest career. Yeah. He spent six years in Edmonton, and then from there, it seems like every two years, two years and change, he gets moved on somewhere else. Even he signed his ticket in Boston, probably thinking he was going to settle in Boston mm-hmm. for a little bit. They just shipped him out to the worst team in hockey, like... I, I honestly feel bad for the guy because now he's in his early 30s. He's got an MVP under his belt, but he's never really had any kind of success anywhere. No. And he's just kind of bouncing around as a suitcase from bad team to bad team. And I honestly feel for him. Clearly a guy that doesn't buy. Like he's a renter, right? <laughs> yeah, like he's not building a house, it doesn't seem like. He's probably getting to, you know, barely unpacking his bags these days. Yeah, yeah. There he is, Bag Milk, Oilers Nation. We appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, boys. You've been listening to the Locker Room Podcast. Makes you seem pretty put together by comparison, hey? Catch the show live weekday mornings on 95.7 Cruise FM. Brought to you by Arden Roof Systems.